The views and comments expressed on the Space Show by its guests, callers, and listeners belong to them. The Space Show and its hosts serve only as a platform and are not responsible for others' comments or views. All topics discussed on the Space Show are primarily for educational purposes. Good evening, listeners. Welcome to our Tuesday evening space show program. I'm your host, David Livingston. Thank you very much for tuning in. A couple of quick announcements. This is our uh, last program for the week until Sunday. Sunday we have an open lines program, but there will not be uh, a program Friday for Christmas. I'm not sure yet about Hotel Mars tomorrow, but um, watch the website for that information. Uh, but uh, otherwise, this is the uh, program that we're doing for this week, and then we have open lines on Sunday and Tuesday, another space show program before New Year's. Um, so in, I hope everybody's having a, a great week. A uh, couple of other announcements. This is going to be the uh, full 90-minute or so program tonight, but do pay attention to the time. We'd love to have you give us a call, and our phone number is 866 866- Six eight seven seven two two three. You can, of course, use email Doctor Space D R S P A C E at the Space Show dot com, and uh, we'll take a short pause at around halfway point, and we'll talk about sponsors at that point. Um, so do remember that uh, on our website, uh, if you go to the upper left, you will uh, find Listen Live. This tells people how to listen to a live program like tonight, plus podcasts and uh, MP3 archives on our website. So if you have any questions about how to listen, make sure you email me, drspace at thespaceshow.com, and please do share the information. Um, in addition, we have a store, uh, and this is still gift-giving time. So for your favorite uh, space cadet or space show listener, Go visit our logo wear store, and you might find some items of interest there, stocking stuffers or something else. Click on any of the website pictures of Pepper listening to the space show, and she will take you uh, by the hand into the Cafe Press space show store. And uh, I hope you're able to do that, and maybe you'll find some things that interest you. They, They might come a little after Christmas, but nonetheless, they will come. So please do check that out. Um, our website newsletter for the week is posted. It's in the upper right-hand corner of our homepage. When you check it out, uh, scroll down, you'll see not only what's left for December, which is totally full, but you will also see all of the programming that we have booked for January. And I think January is pretty much booked out, and we're moving into February of 2021. Uh, so uh, please do check that out. Uh, do remember also that we are listener-supported. We're in the middle of our annual campaign, 
And uh, being listener-supported, it means you, the listener, supports the space show, and that's what enables us to have great programming, guests that you can talk to or email with or even continue the dialogue uh, after the show ends through our blog or even in direct communication because uh, we're not just a standard podcast show where uh, you, you, the audience, have no participation in the program. Not, not only do you have participation in the program, you also get a lot of say in the program because many of the guests come directly from you. So this is our annual campaign, and how well we do in raising funds takes us into 2021 and uh, throughout the year 2021. So we do need and request and appreciate your support. There's a PayPal button at the top of our homepage. That is the easiest way to contribute to us. But if you want to use a check, uh, the mails are a little slow, so you need to hurry up and mail it if you want it counted for 2020, because if we receive it in 2021 and it books in 2021, that's the year you're going to get the tax credit for because that's what the bank statements would justify for the deposit. So if you want it to be a 2020 donation, since we're a 501c3 nonprofit, and um, you get a tax deduction from the feds and also from the state of California if you pay California taxes, make sure you get your check to us in 2020 so I can at least go to the ATM even if it's at night and have a, a calendar stick on the on the ATM receipt. Um, but uh, we do hope that you will support us and contribute and uh, you're the ones that keep us going and we need more and more listeners just like you to both participate in our programs and to support us. So again, we thank you very much for that. We'll talk about our sponsor support when we go to the break halfway uh, during the show. Our guest tonight is a sponsor, by the way. He is also a returning guest and a friend, Dr. A.J. Kathari, and he has Astrox Corporation, which is an aerospace R&D company in uh, suburban Washington, D.C. His Ph.D. and M.S. in aerospace engineering are from the University of Maryland. He's a PI or a program manager for more than 30 contracts with Air Force, Navy, DARPA, and NASA, He's focused on rockets and hypersonic designs and much more. He has become a very prolific and active participant in the Howard Bloom blog. And um, he's got great plans and ideas for how we could return to the moon and do so much more. I urge you to read his bio. It is on our website. But even though we have 90 minutes with A.J., it goes very fast, and we'd rather talk with him than read about him. A.J., welcome back, and uh, a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And how are you doing? You staying well and healthy and safe and everything? Staying well, staying healthy, staying uh, everything else, I'm not so sure of, but those two things, are you, I'm sure of. Is, is Astrox open, or have you? are you sort of locked down? Uh, no, it's open. I mean, it's open in the sense that we continue to do our work, uh, basically, on computer, and, you know, most of our work is on computer anyway. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter too much as far as that is concerned. And, you know, writing proposals and and doing some work and, and all that is done uh, that way. So it's all right. It's, uh, it's This thing has not really affected us in that way. But obviously, it has affected everything else that I would like to do, <laughs> like going to restaurants to eat and and uh, you know all that kind of thing. But anyway, that's uh, or 
or going to museums or at least showing some of my paintings, you know, and stuff like that. Well, I couldn't do that. Like, I mean, I had a couple of paintings being shown in uh, in some some place here in D.C. and and uh, nobody could come. <laughs> well, I, I know you had at least one at the Baltimore airport. Are your paintings on your website? Yeah, my painting. Yeah, my paintings are are on sachiart.com website um, under my name. Well, wait a minute. Say that yeah. slowly so I can uh, put it in our oh. summary. What is it again? Uh, sachiart.com, which is spelled S A A T C H I uh, Art dot com. Okay, when you can remember, send me the link just in case oh, yeah, I, 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 I screwed it up. Uh, I'd like to see your paintings. Are they yeah. space? Are they and also, you know, so when basically some of them were being shown here in the gallery uh, called Watergate Gallery. You know, you, you remember the Watergate. Yeah, how could I forget? Yeah. <laughs> so they have a nice gallery there. One of, uh, one of the people that I know uh, has a nice gallery there, and she was showing some of... You know, different paintings of 25 different artists. Are they and are they uh, space themed, rocket themed? No, 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 no space themed. Uh, space themes. Nudes. Uh, <laughs> 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 or no, no nude. No, not one and the same thing. I guess those two. But no. Let's talk. Uh, it was just but abstract and impressionist. You know that type of thing. Let's let's talk uh, anyway. some let's talk some space, AJ. So let's talk some look, space. We, we have a plan to go back to the moon. It was passed right. uh, by a bipartisan Congress. I don't think it's the best way to go to the moon, but it is yeah. right now the only way to go to the moon that's on the table. Yeah. Do you think it it needs to be modified? Should it be modified? Will it be modified? Do you think we're we're going to hold to our guns and? Go to the moon? Do you think we care what China's going to do? What what matters anymore? I'm I'm confused. I'm asking for help. <laughs> All of those things that you just said, I think they need to be modified. But before I say anything more, even one more word, I think that I want to say that thank you very much, uh, David, for doing what you do for so many years. And after you describe what you you know do today, I got uh, I got excited again. You know. And I, got, I became thankful again to you well, for uh, doing what you do. I, I'm, I'm glad we met, and uh, I, you know, we've known each other now about, about three or four years, and uh, right, yeah. you've got good ideas. So, uh, what do so, we need to okay. do to keep the moon on the table? Okay, so uh, I'm going to kind of start uh, about something that I have been thinking about. I, I guess I'm going to start uh, from the beginning which means four and a half billion years ago, if, they, if you don't mind. <laughs> no. And I'll still, I'll still try to finish it in one and a half year. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is that, but what, I guess uh, I have, I have a, mm, I, I, let me just say first, uh, I, want to, uh, I want to cover eight bullet points today. Okay. Probably seven, maybe not eight, but at least, or maybe maybe five, and then six and seven are iffy, and eight is also somewhat iffy. Anyway, the the bullet points that I, what what I want to cover today is number one: why should we continue with space develop, development and exploration, uh, not just as a country, but as you know, as as uh, Earthlings or humanity? As humanity, okay, okay. Yeah, humanity. right. Then the second one is, how do we um, work with, deal with, or confront China in that, in, in that field and also just, you know, in general? 
the third is what you also just mentioned, which is what about the Artemis program, the SLS, Lunar Gateway, and also the Space Force that we have uh, uh, going, which I'm fairly excited about that one too, actually, uh, as a way to push uh, some of the space developments. Um, then I, I may or may not want to talk about the Space-Based Solar Power, SSP, uh, but, you know, we can discuss that if you want to. And then I want to really also talk about why and how NASA kind of has ignored um, some other some other mines so far, and I'm going to include there Eastern mines, you know, like myself, so and that and and that, um, and then um, sort of connected to number one, the why we want to do why we should do space development exploration is the Fermi paradox and Drake equation. You know, you know, you're familiar with those. Correct. Yes. Yeah, and so that's you know quite interesting. Also, uh, the dichotomy there, etc. And the last thing, if there is time, that I want to, and I sent you a, a PowerPoint on that, a PDF file. Right, I've read through it. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, and if you don't mind, is there some way to put it up there to uh, for people to look at if they want to or something? Or uh, something? Yeah, I can load it to the blog. I I don't remember the format you sent it to me, and is it PDF? A PDF? It's a PDF. Yeah, I, so I can. I can load it to the blog. Let me make a note. Okay. PDF okay. on blog. So, okay. listeners, it's called Learning from Chandravan 2 for India, and that will right. be the title of the PDF that I will put on the blog when I archive it. If not late tonight, it will be first thing in the morning, California time. Okay. Very good. So, now the hard part, you know. Um, so, uh, why why should we continue with the space? This is very important. We have to continue this as humanity, and why why should why 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 should we do that? That's and I was just you know looking at all these things that have happened in the history of the Earth and and like that, and we have had you know several um, extinction events, mass extinction events in the history of the world. And you know, and uh, um, large ones, and lots of them, lots of smaller ones, of course. But you know, at least five uh, really large ones. The first one, of course, was called uh, Ordovician Silurian extinction, which was 444 million years ago. Then we have a late Devonian extinction, which was about 383 uh, million years ago. Then a real large ones, which was also called the Great Dying, if you remember, if you recall, was the Permian Triassic extinction that happened about 250 million years ago. There, about 90 to 96 percent of all species died off. Amazing, amazing. And the reason why I'm mentioning all these things will, you know, I'll make that clear in a second. And then on the 83% of genera and 57% of the families, marine life, everything died off at that. Even even the insects, 70% of the land species died off. Amazing. And that was not the that was not the uh, asteroid uh, impact one. Uh, then came, of course, uh, Triassic Jurassic extension, which was 201 million years ago. And then, of course, this asteroid one, Cretaceous, Paleogene extinction, 66, 65 million years ago. So dinosaurs were were alive for maybe 150 million years or so. 
on voting million years. What really um, has um, caught my attention is that obviously so many species came and gone and lived for hundreds of millions of years even and like that. But not a single one of them and obviously, you know, we talk about the intelligence that, you know, we have and all that kind of thing. But what is really incredible is that not a single one of those species even thought about clothes, clothing themselves. Not a single one of those millions of species which would have come and gone, come and gone, recreated and all that. So what, what is, so that what, that, what that makes me think is that this is something very unusual, very strange and unusual for humanity, human beings, that we are, and so this too means that uh, we have to, we have a certain responsibility. Uh, I'm not going to say God-given or anything like that, but we have a certain responsibility, and that responsibility is very, I mean, it's incredible, this this. This uh, coincidence, or whatever you call it, you know, this is, this is uh, has nothing to do with Biden administration, has nothing to do with Trump administration, or anything that is happening. This is way beyond that. And the way, the reason why it is so way beyond that, and if we don't understand and realize that this means that we have been given, or we have not been given, but we have a certain responsibility, that responsibility is for us to continue the evolution that is going on. And that continuation, um, furtherance of evolution requires, so that what that means is that that evolution requires that more intelligent things are done almost continually. That requires that a society find ways to demarcate and appreciate it, and its potential cause. This is perhaps a lot higher calling than, than other callings like climate change or even human species survival. This is way beyond that. And this is why, to me, this is why devaluing appreciation of merit for other causes will hurt us as humanity or even as earthlings in future. This includes merit in myriad of fields from art to literature to science to space to sports and others. And we should have, you know, this, of course, is something that we have to be cognizant of. We have to continue to try to do for the sake of a larger calling. And, you know, in all of these things that we have, um, the problems with and all that, and why, and, and the space, and the space is a direction. And space is what we need to continue to um, explore, uh, continue to develop ways of exploring. We have to do that. It is our responsibility, and it is our uh, as a as as not just a human being, human humanity, but as a life on uh, on Earth that may be, you know, quite uh, uh, unique. Um, and I'm not, I'm never going to say that, that we are any superior to other uh, life forms on earth or have been or are or will be. I mean, I obviously, and you do too, 
love your uh, pepper, and uh, I love my Bella, the cat, uh, more than uh, anything, uh, you know, almost, I mean, not more than anything, but, you know, a lot. So uh, the animals and everything is important, and we, I'm not trying to say here that we are superior to other species. I'm just saying that we have a certain responsibility that we have to continue to, uh, to do that, which means, which requires that we appreciate um, talent, we appreciate intelligence, and all those kinds of, kinds of things. But we, we are, you know, we have to take care of the unfortunate and the downtrodden and all that, all those people also, all, all animals, but we also should not lose sight of the fact that we have to continue to appreciate and, and, and move the evolution forward more and more and more, which this country and the Western civilization, if I may so, say so, as somebody, the child of the Eastern civilization, um, I mean, that, that the Western civilization was doing, it needs to be continued. And, I, you know, I mean, I think that we should, we should continue that, but we should not get too much mired in the identity politics or, or other types of things that we lose sight of this, which is, you know, even, uh, which is incredibly important to me. It is incredibly important. Well, that's, uh, here's the problem. Yes. I mean, the people listening to this show probably Mm -hmm. largely agree with you, you know, maybe 90%, that nobody's perfect, nobody agrees with everybody 100%. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of people, they also pay taxes, Mm -hmm. and, and they've got an education, and they don't agree with us. So I want to tell you something. I was on um, the George Norrie Coast to Coast show a week ago. Mm-hmm. I don't, Which, I don't know. What is the name, George? Coast to Coast AM. It's no, a, George? an all-night-long kind of paranormal show, but he also does oh. real, real space, real physics, real stuff, mm-hmm. mixed yeah. in with all the crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. So I got an email mm-hmm. before the show started from a 75-year-old woman in mm-hmm. New York, and... Um, uh, I don't remember her name. Maybe it's Jessica. Um, uh-huh. Just trashing the hell out of me for uh-huh. going on New York and wasting resources um, oh. for um, um, you know uh, for going into space. If I can find the uh-huh. email real quick, I'd read it because it's not very long. I mean, she really, really and truly laid into me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And. Um, yeah. Obviously, she doesn't believe that. She she says we're destroying the earth, and we need to wake up, and uh, you know, on and on. So after the show was over with, uh, actually, it was the next morning. I invited her to come on the show, mm-hmm. where she would have an ample opportunity to, in a civil discussion, mm-hmm. present her ideas to the people she thinks need to hear her the most, because mm-hmm. the space show caters to people who want to go into space. Yes. And we don't believe we're destroying the earth. Uh, yes. or, and we're not helping other people. And uh, she was telling there are no spin-offs that, that help people and don't give me all of this about the science is saving lives and that don't tell me all of this crap. I mean, just on and on and on like that, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, of but, course... You know, I mean, I, never, I, didn't, I didn't say a word about saving lives here. With, about, about the no, I, I'm just telling I you. Don't, she, I don't think that, she you know, writes, that is just really not... Uh, 
the, but there's the calling pe- that I'm talking about is a higher calling. Than I, that. I understand that, but there are just people that no, don't I understand. Yeah, that yeah, that yeah. that are connected and that they yeah. don't believe as we yeah. do. They yeah. they don't see space as we do. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, I you know this particular um, discussion that I'm trying to do here is really also kind of meant for the for the new administration that is coming in, you know, hopefully they'll you know listen or something. But uh, for you know people who came, who maybe um, you know um, uh, who may have some power to do one thing or the other. But of course, it's also meant for other people of the type that you are describing. And you know, we hope that they listen and and realize that uh, those things are also important. What they are saying is not that that is not important. I'm saying that that's also what they are saying is also important, and but what we are saying. So I mean, I feel always that the best way for Earth for humanity to prosper or evolve is for whoever does whatever they do the best, allow them to do that and contribute to the society, and let let not. I mean, I I I believe that poetry is just as important as space. Uh, maybe, you know, in this case, maybe it's not as, uh, I mean, I obviously called it a higher calling, uh, but poetry is very important. I mean, I, as I said before, I'm also doing art. And also I think that that's very important too. Music is very important. Everything else also should be done, and the, those people who do the best they can uh, should continue to do what they do best. And people who, you know, uh, do social work should uh, do that as, as the best. But different parts, different strata of society have to do different things. That's always, that's always the best and most uh, optimum way to progress. If, if you ask everybody to do the same thing as they did, say, for example, in Cambodia, you know, in the 70s, I guess, was it 70s? Yeah. Yeah. That they, you know, brought everybody in to do the same thing again. Um, whatever, whatever it was, and and killed you if you didn't. Uh, that is not necessarily, and we, it turned out that that was not the best way to to do these things for the society. So I think that optimizing this is uh, is that way. Optimizing it that way is probably the best way to do it, and that's kind of why I think it is quite important. So how does that get us to the moon? Let's get back okay, to, let's to get getting back to, to the moon. Okay, we we got AJ's philosophy, yeah, uh, which philosophy. which many of us agree with. Now, how how are we yeah. going to make it back to the moon within the next couple of years? If, well, let if me, at all? yeah, let me talk about the. Uh, um, <clears throat> before I do that, uh, I need to talk about China a little bit. You know? Okay, what is going on in China? Like so. my feeling about China. How do we work with, deal with, or confront? Not confront. I mean, I'm not going to use you know uh, confrontational words, but you know, with China, obviously, what they've done is quite impeccable, incredible, etc. But my feeling has always been, uh, in in spite of what others may say, is that China's activities in space are not just for economic or military superiority, though they may be side effects, with even higher probability of that now, of course. They are doing it for civilizational pride, that uh, which morphs into a national pride. That pride 
is very strong. And I'm coming from eastern part of the world. I know what that can be like, what that is like. And, I mean, it is very strong in India, too, you know. And I think that that kind of a thing, it's a motivating factor in the near future. And it will not be financial, just financial. China's pride has obviously been hurt by this pandemic. So they'll do things to rejuvenate it. And the Chinese feel that they were an exceptional civilization for a long time. They want that again. And, you know, understandably so. They want, they want to get back on everybody's good graces and the top of everything. Well, that too, right. Yeah. Yeah, and top, yeah, as a, as a superior, or not superior, but a supreme civilization that, uh, that they have in, in India can say the same thing. So it is, to me, it is nationalism. It's not a, it is not communism. It's not about communism. They are really not even a communist country per se, even though, you know, whatever some people might say that they are. Um, so, but, but here, they needed something. So space exploration for China and other old civilization like India beckon of otherworldly qualities and through mythology and other places. And so it overlaps with science and the spirit of exploring. We need to understand that and not, not try to reduce everything to economic numbers. And this is one of the mistakes that DOD makes, uh, the government makes, and then the, they just don't seem to get that there are other items that are important to other people in this on this earth than just simply, you know, um, higher GDP or, uh, or you know, whatever, whatever those numbers may be. Those are also important, obviously, but... There are other things which are also very important, and that is national pride. Um, and I, I would say that that probably is true for China, it's true for for India, and probably Iran. At least I can name those three countries, and probably many more. You know, so, uh, so I'm sure. How is China not communist with the Chinese Communist Party and all of what they do to their minorities, like I mean, the Uyghurs and everything really else? Do you really think that the, uh, someone like Alibaba would be, you know, would be allowed to prosper the way he has been? Yeah, uh, I, I, you know, I do. In the Communist Party? I, yeah, I do. I, I think they are, um, if not directly, indirectly serving some kind of a mission that the CCP wants and feels. Oh, yeah, but I think the CCP's mission is nationalism, is not communism for everybody. Well, look communism at how they rule. The world. I mean, they don't really care. It's look what they do everybody. in Hong Kong. Look what they do to the, to the Uyghurs. Look well, what they, they do to, take, to take it over. What I'm trying to say is that, for them, take back, uh, think back to the Russian time, the Cold War time or something, yeah. where the Russians were trying to, um, you know, impart uh, communism in many countries, communism in many countries like Angola, and, of course, they did that in in Cuba, but many other countries too, um, you know, that they were supporting and, and, and all that kind of thing. Communism, they were supporting that. The Chinese are not necessarily interested in that. They're interested in their own uh, back pocket, I mean, um, their own, own back end, and they are interested in uh, becoming a superior a superior nation, and not just superior nation, but my feeling is that they want national pride back and they want racial pride back also. And for that, they'll do many things. Now, you know, all of these things that I'm talking about are not necessarily um, selfless things. They are going to do things 
out of selfishness then that that's where we will have to you know um, come to terms uh, with them and confront them also but you know so so has united states also we have also been doing things that way but not always we have also been very selfless in many many um, things that we have done that other countries have not necessarily done in there is china so uh, what does this have to do and how does it interact with us going back to the moon say with okay. artemis so now i'll uh, get to the uh, the bones of this thing my thing is my thing is that with the Chang'e 5 sample return mission being so successful, and <clears throat> within a year or so of Chang'e 4, it's hard to believe that Chang'e uh, 6, 7, and 8 will launch as late as 2023 or 2027, as they've been saying. I think they are lying. They're not lying, but they are not telling the truth. And the crude mission in 2020 2030s is what they have said that's also i don't i don't believe that you think it's going to be sooner i think it's likely to be a lot sooner and they are not divulging what's up their sleeve nor do they have to and i think see for example in october of 2019 they unveiled their version of the orion um you know um, would they unveil that at now at that time if they plan to use it uh, more than you know, 15 years later, why would they do that? These are these and this, this horrendous stumbles of COVID that they have, and and they'll have. I think that uh, because of all of these things, I have. I think that they are going to have humans on moon lot sooner. I think maybe five to seven years from now. From now, yeah. So what does that do for us? That's about the so same for, time we may get there. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we may get there, but we may get there as uh, two or three or four <clears throat> people or five people or ten people or at the most. What I'm saying is that they are going to go there. Um, so this, to, to them, in my understanding, this is not a space race as a military competition this time around, but it will devolve into an ego egoistic and economic one, a space race nonetheless. So... This, because of this COVID stumble and them losing their um, their face worldwide, which they have gotten back pretty much now with this Chang'e 5 uh, mission, um, which was quite quite uh, quite a you know, uh, successful mission. I think that they want to start by winning in space. And they'll they'll probably be the first one to extract water on the moon, and um, and um, uh, that uh, kind of a thing is where we are going to fall behind, and we are falling behind already. Do we? So to me, but but what you're saying is it probably is not a big deal if we fall behind. That's what I'm hearing you say. No, 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 no. It's it's a big deal. What I'm saying is that five to seven years is my sort of an upper limit to to that. No, but you know, I mean, it'll take a certain amount of time uh, for that to actually start happening. But they are—we are going to screw up <coughs> ourselves by going around the moon in lunar gateway. So that is just going to mire us down into something that we shouldn't be doing. We have to start competing with these people, and. I, you know, I'm talking about a friendly competition, you know, whether you call it friendly or uh, at least 
uh, not a very confrontational competition, but we have to compete with, compete and we have to be a strong competitor and we have to be strong about this. And so we have to go there as soon as possible. We can't screw around with this going on the lunar gateway and all that, which is going to take up a lot of funding, a lot of uh, energy, and a lot of uh, uh, unnecessary things, while these people are going straight to the moon. So you see my problem here. Yeah, I, I, it's not just your problem. Yeah. So this is, this is and then we have... We are doing all these things with SLS and, and all those things. So what I'm saying is here that if we are going to stick with this Artemis plan, I mean, I like the word Artemis, and I think that whatever it is that we continue to do, you know, maybe it should be continued to be called Artemis. Not a problem there, but it needs to be changed. It needs to be changed so that um, SLS uh, is completely redirected not to do the booster stage, which is an expandable, humongous, unnecessary booster stage, completely unnecessary, complete waste of time, waste of money. And I hope that new administration, if it comes in, Biden administration, will look at that and, you know, try to um, just redirect it completely. What we need now is an upper stage, a smaller upper stage, and I'm thinking now of Starship also, a starship's upper stage, or, or starship itself, is way too big for what we should be doing uh, in terms of going to the moon and in terms of uh, building up bases there, the South Pole and all that, uh, but also for doing things that Space Force wants to do. So the Space Force wants to, for example, go and um, get around the sixth lunar space, which is, you know, Mio and Leo and Geo and all those uh, orbits. And for, for all of those things, they are going to require for anything that comes back from Geo or Leo, I mean, sorry, Geo or Mio or anywhere, it will have to do um, aero braking and reentry using aero braking to save on fuel. That means that we need is an upper stage, which is a reusable upper stage with enough TPS on it, and probably even the ones that can go from Leo to uh, back to Earth and land and, you know, go back again uh, if necessary. But we need, <clears throat> and obviously those are smaller size reusable boosters. That's what we need. That's what we need, which means that if the SLS was redirected, the program was redirected to, manuf uh, to design, manufacture, uh, a smaller um, upper stage, reusable upper stage, that will go on top of either Falcon Heavy or top of Starship or, I mean, the booster of the Starship or uh, New Glenn. Um, those things will be very useful, and that will cut down the time. It will also cut down the amount of uh, money that we require for NASA to do its job of putting man on the moon. So why are we not doing that, doing it that way, instead of, uh, you know, instead of this uh, monkeying around with uh, with all these things and monkeying around actually even with the lunar uh, gateway, which is absolutely, it's, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's a pretty idea, it's a beautiful idea, 
for something that we should be doing 20 years from now or 15 years from now. Right now, we need to get on the surface of the moon and start building base and start going after the water ice, which is a very important uh, commodity there. So uh, how are you helping to, to get this to the new administration, or are you? Is anybody listening? Well, I've, uh, I'm sending some information. Uh, I don't think they are going to listen. I think this previous administration of Bob Bridenstine uh, didn't listen at all. You know, I sent it to them 10, 15 times. I remember that. Stuff. Yeah, I remember that. We talked about that before on the yeah. show. But, they, you know, I, I mean, I didn't get even one word of acknowledgement from uh, from their leadership, Bridenstine or anybody else, um, and, you know, except... Uh, and even Bridenstine's... Is, um, uh, once I went there to visit uh, somebody... And I and and I was introduced to to Bridenstine through a congressman from Indiana, uh, and uh, uh, and I went there and I tried to say through you know to uh, to the secretary of Bridenstine and she didn't want she didn't want to come out and say hello to me. <laughs> it was just incredible. I was just so aghast that uh, these people. So, so what do you think is here? Well, let me read the question from the listener, because I've got a couple of them piling up on you. So this, oh, okay. this is Jacob in, in Denver and mm-hmm. says, um, what's your best guess of what the new administration will do and how can we convey to them the importance of being on the surface of the moon sooner and doing something, if not your program, something comparable rather than the gateway, which takes us years and years and years and may never happen? You know, I think that we should try to uh, talk with the transition team, I presume, that if, if possible, if anybody has, there are ten people in the transition team, I know two of them, but uh, I mean, I know the names of two of them, but if there are other people in the transition team, and just, uh, you know, look around and Google and find, and see if you know anybody there, then try to, you know, at least send some information to them. That's one thing. Do, do any of them have an interest in space? Yeah, this is their, the space NASA transition team. I'm talking about the NASA. Oh, the NASA team. Okay. The NASA transition team has ten people um, in there. Um, uh, so um, uh, I think I was trying to remember the name of the uh, Ellen Stefan is the head. Well, I've heard of her. I'd, I've never had her on the show. I know who she is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the, she's the head of the transition team for NASA. Yeah, she's and from NASA. She's from NASA. She was originally the chief scientist of NASA uh-huh. yeah. uh, during uh, Obama years, and then obviously, you know, had to uh, go. And then she was she became the head of uh, uh, National Air and Space Museum here in DC. So I met her once or twice. I think you know that's all. Um, but anyway, so she's one of them, and then there are six, seven, eight, uh, there are nine others. So if anybody who is uh, like. Jacob or anybody else who uh, has any uh, recognition or contact or anything of their name, just, you know, make sure that people uh, do understand this, the importance of this particular thing that we have to do. And we have, it's, it's extremely important. And like, I mean, I, I started off with the philosophical argument, but the philosophical argument to me is extremely important. You know? 
I know one. Uh, I know yeah. one person who yeah. was going to come on the show. We we've talked before, and uh, but at the at the very end, she did not come on the show. But her associate came on the show, and uh, mm-hmm. from the Defense Institute, it was on one of their financial. Uh, reports that they did, um, Bhavya Lal. Oh, Bhavya Lal. Yeah. yeah. So, and I have met her in in person at a ISDC conference, but she okay. uh, has so far not been on the show. But we know who each other are. She's yeah. uh, really the only one of all the the names that I that I know of. But I I couldn't say I have a uh, an end yeah. to her. And and they're all part of a space establishment, as you know. Yes, uh, yeah, she worked for IDA, IDA, and uh, uh-huh. and I, of course, know her too. Uh, and she's also on the transition team now. Now that you mentioned her name, I'll you know where. And and, and, so. and she's an economic finance person, so she might be a good person to reach out to, given that you're a businessman and you can yeah. speak finances, cost delays, you know, things like that. Cheaper money to to do this. She she might be receptive to hearing about a plan like that. Yeah, well, I have contacted her already. Okay. So well, I hope I hope you get a response. Um, not so far. Well, I'm sure they're all busy, but I, I hope eventually yeah. you, you do get a yeah. get a response. So. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so, too. Uh, and, um, uh, yeah, so, you know, I mean, I've obviously met her several times. I've got another listener question for yeah. you. And yeah. uh, so this is Sharon. And uh, Sharon is in Chicago, mm-hmm. and Sharon says, um, for the nation to have the will to go back to the moon with people, mm-hmm. I believe that it requires leadership coming from the top that has to have the will to want to put people back on the moon and not get deterred by complications, delays, high costs, because it is costly, or other things that might be a setback, or other ways to spend taxpayer money. I'm concerned that that kind of will is not existent in the new administration. I'm not sure it was really existent in the previous administration, mm-hmm. because we never went anywhere. Yeah, right. But yeah. how do you assess or try to help get through to the new administration and the people in Congress that this is really an important priority. I yeah. can think of half the members of the House and Senate that already don't think it's a priority. Well, I mean, you know, I laid out the plans. But the thing is that the, well, why this thing is such a priority to me, and if I was given a podium to talk to many people, I would start the same way. And I would just connect this to humanity, connect that to life on earth, connect it to universe and all that to start with, but then, you know, dig down deeper into um, more practical things. And at this point in time, we have to, we have to attack it from all sides. We have to, we have to make people understand why this is such an important thing. This is not just simply a thing for a, uh, a three-hour worth of, uh, uh, um, you know, pleasure for an evening or something like that. That, And not only that, so we spend a lot of money on, you know, things of that type, obviously. But we are not willing to do that for something like this. But not only that, but, I mean, look at these things that are passing today and yesterday and all those. 
That's all coming not from actual money but from debt. The two trillion dollars or one nine hundred billion dollars, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't be doing that, but I'm saying that I'm saying that they are all being done. Somehow or the other, money is found, and somehow or the other, um, all these things are um, leadership is found and leadership uh, exists and and all that, and that will all. I think that that will all happen if we can. Convince people, and you know, if I if I was allowed, if I was given a chance to be able to talk to people in this manner, to many people in this manner or something, um, that's what I would do, and I hope the other people do the same thing. You know, I have, a, I have another listener question, sure. and listeners, so hopefully, you can call us rather than just email us, as, as I always say, eight eight six 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 eight seven seven two two three. So uh, Paul is in upstate New York, mm-hmm. and he says, uh, everybody says it will just be horrible if we aren't back to the moon, if China gets there first, and how is my life going to be impacted adversely if China gets to the moon before we get back there? How is my life going to be turned upside down? I'm tired of hearing this. Tell mm-hmm. me why my life and why America is going to be so disadvantaged if China finds its way to the moon before we get back there? Well, I think that uh, it is... I, I'm not saying that we need to fight with China. I mean, I, I, mean uh, I was going to say, and this is a little bit of an aside, but I'll get back to what the question was. But I don't think that China wants to go to war with us either, and I'm not trying to do something in future, in near future. There might be some proxy wars here and there and stuff like that, but I don't think it's going to be any anywhere near as large a frequency as we had with USSR, and we, we, we'll probably not have any of that kind of a thing, but we will have a, you know, beefy competition with them, or even confrontation. What I'm saying is what uh, this uh, person who asked this question that is a, 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 also a good question. But at the same time, um, we can't allow um, some country or other country or many other countries to, um, to just simply go and hog uh, the water ice resource on the moon. So I think that it may not have a direct impact uh, on the person who is asking this question, and I bet you I can find 10,000 different things which do not have a di- di- direct impact on him or his life um, uh, right now. But they have, a lot of these things have, um, uh, you know, indirect or, what is it, what is the word? Delayed. Uh, d- uh, yeah, delayed, not delayed, but uh, uh, anyway, when I think of the word, <laughs> I'll mention it, um, impact. Uh, on on life, and then um, <clears throat> when you combine that with the fact that we as um, humanity also need to do some things for um, for a greater goal um, uh, and um, these other things at the same time, then taking into account all of those arguments that I made just in the last five, you know, five minutes, I think that this is something also 
that should be continued. I'm not saying that this is the only thing that should be continued or should be done um, or even done. I mean, right now it is being done at a you know a minuscule level, at $20 billion a year um, for NASA's, $22 billion a year for NASA is an, what is NASA's budget, uh, which supports um, there are 20,000 people who are working there, you know, at the same time. So right. it's not a it's not a huge amount of money compared to what we are um, uh, spending in many other things. I mean, the the healthcare industry in this country spends three trillion dollars a year, which, <clears throat> if you take into account uh, the inflation since what it was in in 1965. The ratio of the spending on healthcare to um, to NASA was 18 to one. Right now it is 180 to one. <laughs> so are you telling me that we are the ones who are wasting money and time, money and resources? How do you know? And it's... while you are not addressing the other problem? So it's 180 to one. Yes. So so healthcare is spending 180 dollars for every one dollar we spend on NASA. On NASA, right, correct. That is correct. No, well, we all know a lot of it's being wasted. Probably a lot of it's wasted at NASA, too. A lot of it, lot of it is being wasted, but a lot less is being wasted at NASA, I bet you, than in um, the healthcare industry. And, I've, you know, I mean, I've, I've seen... Well, what's your, what's your estimate? Is, we are going sort of offline, I mean, off and tangent... Yeah, so I want to get us back. But what, what's your best guess? Are we are we going to stay on with the moon? What I hear is that it'll it'll be delayed to spend less money on it. They'll delay it out several years so that you can spend yeah. less each year. Of course, to me that means we'll never go because if you just keep delaying yeah, it, if you keep delaying and keep, keep delaying, delaying it, it. my best guess is that that probably may happen. And obviously, um, it is going to be redirected. To, uh, for the um, climate change um, well, well, program your, and, you know, problem and, and all that kind of a thing. What's your best guess? You're in, inside the Beltway. Is it, is it going to continue? Are they going to – do you think my best just delay it is? is? I, my best guess is that it's going to continue, but it's going to, be, it's going to continue at a much lower uh, rate than what we were doing, at least even in the last four years. Will China impact that with what they're doing, or they won't care? The, uh, um, you mean, would China impact uh, uh, what we're yeah, going to be doing? Will they speed us up, or will politicians not care and continue I think to that mostly, mostly it will not, and they will probably give some lip service when China does something or the other. Oh, we did, do, we did this and we did that, you know, that kind of a thing. But um, effectively, they will not just really care to pay a lot of attention to us going there, being there, and uh, uh, getting things started uh, on the moon about water ice extraction. Water ice extraction is the most important thing to me. Okay, and you have a question about that from Sharon in, uh, in Seattle. And she says, what is so... Important. There's a word in between there. I won't read on air. <laughs> she says, yeah. "What is so important about water ice on the moon?" Oh, uh, is the word started in F or something? Yeah, we yeah we can just okay. leave it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, the the thing is this that the water ice on the moon 
um, uh, is, you know, we know how much it is in 600 million tons or something like that in, right. in the South Pole, etc. If we have to send that water to the moon, uh, right now the cost is about a, about $20,000 for a kilogram of water being sent from Earth to the moon. That's two pounds. Two pounds, right, yeah. Two pounds, one kilogram. $20,000 for two 20, pounds right. of water to the moon. Water to the moon, right, yes. Uh-huh. Exactly. Water, $20,000 of anything. $20,000 a kilogram of anything from Earth to the moon surface, to the surface of the moon. Um, if we were to, uh, in, in, and, and um, um, the lady should know that uh, obviously the water ice can be converted into oxygen for breathing for people who might stay there temporarily for a few months at a time, let's say. Uh, miners, you know, people who are not mining, but, you know, not necessarily, but, you know, exploring, extraction, water ice, etc. Um, for them, they will need the, that water. They will need the water. That water will have to be sent, and this is obviously the cost of that. Then the oxygen that comes from that for breathing uh, also is uh, obviously even more important, at least equally important or more important. And the third thing, of course, is um, that the water ice can be converted into its constituents of LOX and oxygen and uh, liquid oxygen and liquid hydrogen, which then uh, can be used as propellant to go from there to anywhere like Geo or Leo or uh, Mio or, or to Mars or any other place as propellant because to get out of the moon's gravity, we know that the gravitational force there is about one-sixth that of right. Earth. So it takes much less fuel to get out of that gravity well, and so it will take much less fuel to go from the moon's surface to anywhere else than it does from Earth. So there are several advantages, and three of them I just listed, and there are probably more. AJ, we have long since gone beyond the halfway point. Let me pause for a couple of minutes to read my sponsor messages and thank okay. my sponsors, of which you are one, by the way. Sure. Uh, so, listeners, we do have our sponsors. They have banner ads that go across our homepage. They can change their banners anytime they want. And on the longer format shows, I typically read uh, a full message that the sponsor has given me. But because we've gone over time and um, and and uh, no, we have a lot more to talk, I'm I'm just going to do shout outs for most of this. But Northrop Grumman sponsors us, and remember that their systems go from undersea all the way to space. They include cyberspace, and they are global in their customer base, and they are uh, civilian as well as military in their technology. The Space Foundation sponsors us. And their symposium has been moved to August of 2021, uh, if COVID allows it. Their website, and, and by the way, it's always in the Broadmoor Hotel in Colorado Springs. Check it out at spacesymposium.org, amazing networking. But also they started the new program I've been telling you about, Space Symposium 365, online, all-digital platform 
for exclusive content for the space community. Check it out. And for there, go to spacefoundation.org, and you can find out about the new program. And uh, they also have just unbelievable networking if you go to their events. Uh, they're they're global. They're they're uh, really really excellent. I don't know how else to to say about the Space Foundation. Also, their global financial economic reports are coming out quarterly, and we're going to be hopefully talking about those. So uh, they used to come out annually, but it'll be great to get that information quarterly. Um, AJ's company, Astrox Corporation, is a sponsor, and. They've been involved in hypersonic space plane and reusable rocket designs for the Air Force, DARPA, and NASA for more than three decades. Their proprietary codes, HiSight and SpaceSight, create and analyze such designs. Visit astrox.com for more information. And they are located in the Beltway area in suburban Washington, D.C. And we certainly thank A.J. for being with us. AIAA continues to sponsor us, the American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics. It's the uh, world's largest aerospace engineering organization. They have gone virtual with all their events. Hopefully, COVID will allow them to um, get back to in-person events with great networking and great presentations. They have a peer-reviewed program of papers going back decades, which you can access. You don't need to be an engineer to join them. Check it out at AIAA.org. Moonwords uh, sponsors us. What if a group of nations was determined to build a town on the moon and they based their decisions only on technical and economic merit? Moonwards is building a digital vision of that town where you will be able to learn, play, build, and go to events. Visit moonwards.com. Listen to the program with Kim on uh, from Sunday, co-hosted by John Jossie. You want to know about the new Moonwards? Wow, this is so much more current than her uh, sponsorship message. Listen to that program and try the demo, moonwords.com. AJ, you would love that, and I need to introduce you to Kim. Go try her her, her demo at, uh, at uh, moonwords.com. She's building a 3D simulated town on the moon where you can build houses, control robots, make presentations, and it's very, very real-like. One-six gravity, rovers, robots, amazing. And uh, I would love to do that, uh, David, and I would appreciate if you can introduce I'm, I'm going to uh, introduce so, you. I've, I've I'll do it I've heard tomorrow. of them, and I'm, I, was, uh, I was just looking at your website, and I saw Kim's, some of the uh, comments that uh, she was answering, etc., and I certainly very much would like to. Here, here's what's more impressive. She's an art school graduate from Canada. She lives in Mexico, and she is self-taught on aerospace engineering and science, and she is really impressive. I don't have half Mm. the engineering understanding that she has, and she is absolutely self-taught. She is just that's amazing. Yeah. Visionary. I, mean, no, I, I have the opposite. I'm, and she's I, an artist. I, I obviously went to school in aerospace. And yeah, and she's an artist. She's an artist, an art AJ. Major and yeah. So I think that I, I would really be able to communicate very well on both those fronts. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, guys, Celesta sponsors us, and they are still the Memorial Space Flight Service. If you have lost a loved one and you want to put their ashes, if you cremate, or their DNA into space, 
this is a group to do it. Celestis, uh, take a little bit of your DNA and mix it in with your loved one and make the trip symbolically. You can do suborbital out of New Mexico. Uh, out of the Cape, you go orbital. They're going to the moon next year. My mom and two dogs are on that moon flight. You're going to hear me talk about that an awful lot. I I want to look up at the moon and see my mom and my two dogs up there. Um, and I've flown with Celestis with mom and my dogs elsewhere. And, uh, you know, I always say it's really weird to talk so great about a funeral company, but they're an amazing company and just incredible people. Uh, National Space Society, uh, they do ISDC. They have all sorts of events like Space Solar Power and Space Settlement Conference. Check them out at space.nss.org. We're going to be doing a program with them uh, in mid-January, hopefully ISDC in Los Angeles is still going to be held, but uh, Mr. and Mrs. COVID may have other ideas in California, so we'll just have to wait and see about that. Listeners, we uh, have some availabilities if you want to be a sponsor. We don't take too many because, as you see, they eat up uh, guest talk time. But if you want to sponsor us and, you know, your message is, is on all the archive programs, so they go and as long as our programs are played, people are going to hear your message and uh, we're still playing programs from 2001 when we started 20 years ago. Um, AJ, you have a caller on uh, on the line, Boo, who's waiting patiently to talk to you. Oh, yeah, thank you. Uh, hi, caller. Welcome to the space show. Who are you and where are you? Thank you for your patience. Oh, this is John of Fort Worth. Hi, John. You always have patience. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, um, I guess the thing I'm, about the Chinese program, okay, I'm not as, I guess that's not an area I've really focused on exactly what their capabilities are. As well. what, what, I mean, where are they in terms of developing some sort of a credible moon rocket at this point, and what is it? I mean, I all hear about the Long March rockets, but is that the rocket they're going to use, or they have something bigger in development, like a Saturn V class rocket or something? Well, I think that from what I've heard is the uh, um, uh, Long March 5 that they used uh, recently for um, for going uh, for the Chang'e 5, and they'll use the same one for Chang'e 6, probably 7 and 8. Uh, for human transportation, I, I had read somewhere about Long March 8, but I'm not positive that if I read it correctly or, or if I remember it correctly, but something of that type. Um, they are also working on reusable uh, rockets. Reusable so, rockets, right. Right, yeah. Uh, they are also working on that, and you know, to what extent um, they will be as uh, fast as uh, SpaceX has been is something that I do not know enough about. Uh, but, you know, I think that, um, uh, you know, the, I mean, the space, uh, the Starship, Obviously, had a couple of uh, uh, you know bad uh, events here recently, but I think that they'll probably be able to um, do uh, and uh, go uh, to the moon to even maybe. I wouldn't be too surprised if they are able to go to the surface of the moon using Starship, and they they have a lunar lunar version of the Starship, mm-hmm. which uh, which uh, um, has. Uh, the ability to um, you know um, land and you know one one way to do that is uh, if they don't have the TPS <clears throat> that they'll 
required to have <coughs> for a Mars entry. They will not have that kind of a TPS, and they can leave that behind as a base on the moon. So that's also a possibility uh, of Starship. And of course, the other other idea that you know that they have is to bring it back, um, and that obviously requires reentry capable of TPS uh, on it. But I think that you know from you know some of the calculations that I've done and before, uh, and I had talked about um, with you, uh, David, is that uh, even using uh, Falcon Heavy, three or four flights of Falcon Heavy. With the upper stage, uh, you know, docking at the upper stages of those Falcon Heavies in LEO and then going to orbit, going to the moon surface made it a possibility to be able to get on the, get on the moon as soon as possible. I did that with SpaceX, it's Falcon Heavy, and I did the calculation with uh, New Glenn, and I'm a little bit, uh, you know, chagrined about uh, uh, the New Glenn or Bezos not making much progress anywhere near as much as what SpaceX has done. Right. Uh, but we hope that uh, that will change. But I think it is possible to get to the surface of the moon even using three or four flights of Falcon Heavy. All of those things, and probably even Starship, would be a lot cheaper to do to uh, to maintain and to do and uh, do again and again than SLS. So one of the things I would probably like to uh, tell the Biden administration is that uh, uh, why not go that route where, you know, you don't uh, get uh, caught and uh, don't have this on your shoulder, the heavy burden of SLS. Just go. You can do that at much cheaper, almost five times cheaper rate, five times cheaper rate to get to the moon, the same, the same uh, weight um, to get to the lunar surface. And if you, if you can do that, you can be quite competitive, and you can be there when China is going to be there. Within even this four years of uh, Biden-Harris administration, you can be on the moon, and they can, they can pocket that in their, you know, they, they can take credit for it. In that way, if they if they go instead of trying to rely so much on SLS, if they say, okay, we are going to you know we are going to look into this, just you know have the next ad- ad- administrator of NASA call these people in to the office and say, let's do this using you, SpaceX, you Bezos, you um, somebody else, um, you know, Rocket Lab is making a lot of progress, but of course their things are very small, uh, but. Let us do this uh, together, and let us do this as soon as possible to get to the moon. And we can do that, and they can do that at much cheaper rate than SLS, which is going to cost one to two billion dollars a flight, a launch. Oh, I just don't understand. I hope that, I hope that even that um, will make sense to uh, the new administration coming in, and so then you can have money to spend on other things that they want to do, which is, you know, climate change or whatever it is and all that kind of thing uh, that uh, uh, that they want to do. Um, so as far as the climate change is concerned, I'm, you know, I'm still not one way or the other on that, but I feel that um, as a 
uh, as a person, human, I, I would think that I don't have a right uh, or this generation doesn't have a right to use up all of the fossil fuel that we have left, whatever is left on this planet. Uh, I think we should leave some behind that is not replenishable. We should some leave some behind to for the future generation, which makes me, uh, you know, which makes the equation. It's the same thing whether I want to I, I want to do it for climate change reason or this reason, but I need renewable energy uh, as a way to um, you know move forward. So that the equation is the same. The result is the same as far as I'm concerned. So if they want to do climate change type of work for NASA to some extent, that's okay. Uh, but we can save the money from using the commercial, um, you know, commercial people, but basically because it is a lot cheaper. ULA is not cheaper, but these people are cheaper and they can be reusable. Do that. We can do this. We can. It, this is something that can be done and we can you know, address all of the stuff that I started talking about from the beginning. John? Well, uh, I was... Oh, sorry, well, I talked... The thing, thing about the... They include the, um, the uh, Starship and the, uh, and the Artemis program as well, along with the other lander concepts. And, yes. Um, the thing is, to me, the, the, the Starship really is kind of like an alternative to the whole thing. I mean, if... You either would use what the SLS and Orion and all the stuff you're against, and, and some kind of a lander that would probably come from the gateway down. Yeah. Or alternatively, if you're using Starship, well, why would you just take Starship? Would just go and come back itself? It seems like. Yeah, you can probably do that. Yeah, I think that they but, can. They can. Because, uh, they can do that if it's an expendable Starship. In other words, if it's not a reusable Starship, they can just do it with one um, well, uh, one flight. If it is a reusable starship, which means it is heavier, uh, they can do it with one one extra refueling. You know, so two flights of. Well, you, you would refuel. You would refuel it in orbit around Earth before it goes right. off the moon. But wouldn't it, I would think that it might. I don't know. Would it have enough? Depending on the payload, could it have enough delta V just to come back or not? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that's what I mean. You know, if yeah. it's a reusable, reusable yeah. meaning enough delta V to be able to take off from there and come back here. Because the moon part is pretty low. Two kilometers low. per second delta V, and then yeah. coming back, it's just a small amount because we do aero braking here. Um, <laughs> but uh, but you know, in any case, um, um, yeah, they could they could conceivably use it to aero brake and then maybe. Go back into orbit and cool off, and then come down. Rather than going straight in from seven, that, that it's pretty fast coming back to the moon. I don't think. I don't. Can it handle that degree? I don't know. It's designed to come back from orbit, right? I think. Oh no, no, it can. I mean, you know, the, it, it can uh, come out all the way back from uh, from. Yeah, I guess it's supposed to come back from yeah. Mars, so I suppose it could definitely come back from the moon. Yeah, so definitely, yeah, definitely. You know, you remember this. Uh, um, um, the Chang'e five. Chang'e five capsule that came back from the moon, mm-hmm. it came back at 11 kilometers per second speed because it mm-hmm. came from, you know, using a Hohmann transfer from the moon LLO orbit to uh, LLO to, to here. And then so, the, and then so then it had to do uh, two, um, I mean, one 
re-entry, two, two re-entries basically, you know, skip trajectory and a re-entry to be able to um, to come back uh, safely. Uh, so yeah. it can, you know, it can do um, either one of those things depending on how it is designed. Obviously, right. the capsule was not designed to to take a lot of uh, heat. Yeah, so... The thing I always thought about about the SpaceX and their ideas there is that they've been so focused on Mars, they'd be, they'd be much more likely to be successful focused on the moon, in my opinion. On the moon, my, that's my feeling also. I agree with you. And I don't Mars know is. why they're not doing it that way. I guess, you know, I mean, obviously this is uh, something that Elon Musk is very excited about, being on Mars and being uh, the first person to do that. But I think that building... Um, you know, uh, settlements on the moon where, you know, 100 people can go from here and stay for two months and come back and, and like that. That kind of a thing that can be done by SpaceX can yeah. be even more exciting, very exciting, and can be done within the next few years. You know? right, so SpaceX should take that on like, and I agree with you there, you know. Yeah, because what they've got, I mean, can transport uh, people and and stuff there, but I, I don't know that they've really worked out the human factor stuff on the Mars thing. I mean, how many people can really go on that starship all the way to Mars? I mean, that's a lengthy flight, and you're, you've got a lot of factors, what kind of shape they're going to be in by the time they get to yeah. Mars, to do the work they need to do, and yes. life on Mars, and uh, <laughs> yeah. all the other issues you got out there for something, a lengthy mission of that length, you know. Well, yeah. Okay, it sounds interesting. John, thank you very much yeah. for your call. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. And uh, Merry Christmas to you, and I hope to talk to you again soon. Okay, sure. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. Merry uh, listeners, if you would like to give us a call now that uh, free, that uh, Fort Worth John broke the, the little barrier there to get some other people to call, <laughs> uh, give us a call, 866-687-7223. Plenty of time for your call, and uh, we'd like to hear from you. Email remains... Dr. Space, D-R-S-P-A-C-E, at thespaceshow.com. Um, why do you think NASA should pay attention to more Eastern way of thinking? Well, uh, well, I think that uh, not just NASA, I'm, you know, talking about uh, government, DOD and NASA, everybody, but this is something that they don't just never consider, which is that, that uh, um, everything in life is not just about dollars and cents. You know? There are a lot of other things involved, and more so on the in the eastern eastern countries side uh, than one would think. And the British also had the same. British ruled over India for a long time, but they had the same kind of a uh, um, you know. Um, Outlook. Outlook yeah. uh, on that. And I think it was a mistake to do that. Uh, although, I mean, the thing is that a, a, an Eastern mind is not just a mind. It's a mind and a heart both at the same time combined together. That uh, that, And there was a time, say, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, something where things were, at least in India I can speak of, and probably in China too, where things were being ruled more by the heart than by the mind. But in the last, you know, 50 years and last 30 years of digital um, exchange with the uh, United States and West and all that kind of a thing, people have learned a lot. And now that 
balance had shifted from being, you know, uh, so much heart-centric to, you know, more towards the mind. And I think that that's why they are going to be more successful. Uh, if it if it stays that way, uh, and, you know, I mean, they obviously keep changing when the administrations change also, but by and large, not, not administration here, but there, uh, by and large, it's it's in that neighborhood. And I think that, especially China, China has uh, learned a lot, um, you know, in terms of uh, just uh, basic numbers, science, and, you know, things like that. And they, you know, obviously, but we cannot. You cannot. Uh, you should not um, devalue the impact of heart on their mind. So what I would, what I'm saying is that this means that um, if you are, you know, you know, and, and what NASA tries to do is, oh, this is this is what we sh- we should do this because it will save money, and this is why we should cooperate with, uh, you know, such and such country. Because it is going to save so much money, uh, or, or or you know collaborate with China because it'll save so much money, you know that kind of a thing. Um, that you know lose that. It is not just simply about money. You there are other things which are going to tickle their hearts and 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 make them more being interested in doing things with you. So I would just simply. If I was there, I would just simply call, you know, sit sit down in a uh, room and across and uh, um, with, uh, you know, with uh, um, real uh, smile on my face and stuff. Just appreciate appreciate that aspect of their personalities or their uh, not personality, but their their, their um, history. Also, histor- historical things of historical significance. Not hist- I'm not using right words, but things that make them uh, make them understand and and uh, and uh, tick, make them tick. It is not just money. This is not what this is what NASA doesn't understand, and this is what even the United States government doesn't understand. And I think that they need to. Uh, I mean, if I I was really very uh, um, you know kind of uh, um, chagrined again. I'm using the same word <laughs> that NASA didn't uh, you know try to discuss any of these things when I went there or send many uh, information to them, op-eds, etc. And to some extent, I feel uh, I I felt also ignored because of my. Heritage, no, and I think that that's also not a good thing. This country can really benefit a lot from using all uh, all the heritage, all the people of different heritage in this country, instead of uh, and with with an actual um, with an actual talent that they may have. No? If they don't, you know, don't use them. But if they do, don't not use them. No? So that's what I'm saying. Um, do, you, do you think that's going to change? Well, I, that particular part, I have a feeling that it may change a little bit more than I expected. I expected uh, during last, last administration for that to change a lot more, but I must, I'm sorry to say it didn't. You know, 
and I was upset about that. You know, I was, uh, I was, uh, uh, and I think that, yeah, that that has a that has a greater chance of success here in this administration. Uh, but I don't know. You know. Well, we wait and I, see. I just really don't know. <laughs> we we in the commercial companies, it's yeah. it's uh, it's very widespread because they they have yeah. people from. Asia and India, every place. Yes, you know, yeah, especially in IT, but uh, yeah, not right. necessarily in uh, aerospace. Well, aerospace uh, has really been a sort of a, for some reason, which I don't understand, because, you know, you watch Star Trek, Star Trek and all that. Is it the visa, visa issue, or is it uh, I don't think, I mean, and I don't have any visa issue. I've been, in, I've been a citizen for 35 years now. Well, so that <laughs> doesn't apply to you, but it may apply to a 25-year-old. apply to some, but there are a lot yeah. of other people, too. Like you know, like me. Uh, okay, let's. I don't know. Jump ahead. Jump ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Fermi paradox and the Drake equation. Now, I I assume you yeah. saw the the article that appeared today that JPL engineers with high school students did a study uh, and think there have been a lot of um, extraterrestrials in the solar system that. Uh, were very intelligent and they destroyed themselves and the solar system is littered with their remains. So this is a, a NASA I JPL. I have not seen that article. That is really amazing. <laughs> NASA JPL with with a yes. high with high school students did this high study. Students. High school students. I could pull it up for you real quick, but maybe yeah. a listener already has it and can can call in and and better talk about it than uh, than I can oh. unless unless I find the damn thing to to sort of give you the headline. But this was from NASA JPL. Um, uh, so, um, y- you know, uh, so you're talking Fermi yeah. Paradox, Drake Equation. Yeah. Here you got this NASA study with high school students Which saying that the solar system is littered with remains of, of right. intelligent civilizations that destroyed themselves. That destroyed themselves. So they, I, 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 are you saying that they found that? No, but they they're they're theorizing it based on their study. So this is in, this is really a uh, a a term in Drake equation, which is made up of so here. Okay, Milky Way yeah. may be full of aliens who annihilated themselves. Study sets research yeah. suggests intelligent life may have emerged eight billion years after the Milky Way, mm-hmm. and uh, no one can say for certain that ET civilizations exist, but one new study suggests that the Milky Way is full of them, though they could absolutely be dead. Uh, the research, which can be read on ARXIV, I don't know how to say that, but uh, repository, was written by experts at JPL mm-hmm. and Saratago High School in Corona, California. It uses the famous Drake equation that we're talking about right now yeah, right, and yeah. determined that intelligent life may have emerged about 8 billion years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you got a phone call coming in. Uh, the experts also looked at other civilizations that may live in the universe, uh, and it goes on and on and on and on and on. And mm-hmm. so they're saying they were so advanced they destroyed themselves. Yes, I, there I'll, are seven, I'll, I'll seven send it terms to you. in. Uh, I'm sorry, you were saying something. No, I'm just going to send you the article. Oh, okay. Yeah, there are seven terms in Drake equation, and one of them is, of course, the length of time for which such civilization, you know, release uh, detectable signals, or how how long they were uh, around, basically. 
um, before they destroyed themselves. And that number, you know, has been varying. Varying meaning, some, you know, some people. When, when uh, Drake in 1961 came up with that equation, and, you know, at that time they uh, put together everything, and then the numbers, and him and Sagan and other people, they put together numbers for those uh, things and came up with anywhere from 1,000 to 100 million possible, uh, you know, places with uh, life um, on them, intelligent life on them. Um, and then um, some of these numbers were changed. Actually, you know, it's very interesting that the Fermi paradox, Fermi came up with the paradox just simply, you know, in 19... And he came up with that paradox in 1950, 11 years before... Drake came up with the equation, you know, which kind of maybe uh-huh. described it or something. But um, but uh, he came up with that while having lunch with, you know, um, I think Taylor and a couple of other people. And he says, uh, how come we don't see any anybody or something like that, he said. And so that became Fermi paradox uh, since that time. But then um, this number of a 1,000 to 100 million uh, has also changed to less than one uh, if you account for uh, some of these other things about um, about uh, uh, civilizations not remaining intelligent or destroying themselves uh, in a short period of time, you know, like uh-huh. a thousand years or 450 years is one, one person used. So it is really that that, that makes it even more... Uh, more important uh, for the first um, things that I started talking about in the beginning. It's very important for us to take a response, this responsibility seriously, and this responsibility of of um, continuing the evolution um, in an intellectual fashion. Um, that is more important than any of these other things that other people might bring up uh, to counter what you were, you know, what you were, the, the kind of things that you were mentioning earlier. So that, you know, all of those things together, and, you know, when we do the analysis or just look at this, um, these things and just not even do analysis per se, but look at these numbers, yeah, do analysis. It, this, this is very, very, it's very important that we, Continue. I mean, this is the only way. Space is the only way we can um, expand that knowledge. We can't do it by any other means. Space development, space exploration is the only way that we can do that because that's where things exist. And the things that exist on Earth, there are. we should continue to do that and continue to... Uh, to uh, enjoy literature and enjoy art and enjoy produce literature and produce art and produce all those things, but don't let um, some people just simply argue you out of doing these other things also at the same time. You ready? For- I mean, you know, we, we we don't have to. We have to, we can um, chew gum and walk at the same time. You, know? uh, you want to take your call? Sure. Good evening, caller. Welcome to the program. Who are you? Where are you? And we appreciate your call. This is Marshall Renfro. And, uh, oh, gosh, this is a fun conversation. I'm Um, I'm glad you enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, one of the fun things is, oh, these civilizations destroyed themselves. You ever notice the fact that uh, outside of nuclear weapons destroying each other, they don't point out that the number one cause of the decline and dissemination of cultures is the fact that uh, they get into socialized uh, systems like Venezuela that, uh, yeah, you have all the resources, but uh, you can't, uh, three people want to sit on top of it and nobody else gets any. And, you know, the whole culture falls apart. That is the real challenge, is to make the economic systems strong enough that you can get out there and eventually solve the Drake equation. Yeah, no, that that's absolutely right. I think that, you know, you brought up the, um, the example of... Uh, the country here on this earth and, and, and so socialism and all that kind of thing. That's also true. And this is, you know, this is kind of, um, and, you know, many of these people have good hearts. I mean, some of these people are doing these things out of the goodness of their heart. What I'm trying to say is that let the goodness continue, but also realize that we have some other things that we need to do also. We need to pay attention to also. So, do all of those things. I mean, Venezuela or whoever uh, was doing only one thing or the other, or even if, uh, you know, we were doing only one thing or the other and not taking care of the downtrodden, I would not necessarily go for that. But I think that, um, you know, we can uh, walk and chew 10,000 gums at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) 10,000 gums. I love that one. Uh, No, my my key thing is computer technology, and you sit down and you make sure that you have good, solid economic modeling systems, not something that somebody throws together a la a wish list, because um, basically, you know, I'm quite sure the... Uh, Incas and the Mayas wished everything would uh, continue in their heyday, uh, but they were destroying their own environments. Um, Russia basically had the same thing under the Communist Party. Uh, It just stagnated to death. And and, uh, that's the key problem. They have an idea, an idealism of what the computer model is, but they never really had computer models. We do now. And we need to uh, make sure that those computer models are put forth instead of, uh, gee, uh, you know, Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter, you know. Yeah, no, no that's right. I mean, you know, the, uh, the thing is that um, incentive also needs to be maintained uh, for people to do greater things or good things or whatever. That incentive... And that incentive is, tri- is, is tied to the appreciation of intelligence, appreciation of talent. If there is that, then those people who have those kinds of intelligence and talent will continue to contribute in that way to mm-hmm. society. And in some sense, you know, this country itself was an ideal for that. Um, for me, you know, living and growing up in India and stuff, but... But for everybody, I mean, you know, I'm talking about the country of 30 years ago, or 40 years, 50 years ago, 60 years ago. Not, I can't say the same right today, but uh, hopefully we can um, uh, again uh, uh, chew gum and walk at the same time here too. You know, 
And so I think that, yeah, that's right, that um, just uh, not not paying attention to um, imagination, growing wild imagination. This is why I like, I love art also. <laughs> so so uh, not paying attention to uh, and not fostering those things is not necessarily a good thing in the long run. It may seem like good thing for some people in a short run, like in Cambodia or something, but it really is not a good thing in the long run. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we can convince the uh, the greenies to uh, embrace uh, space solar power, and uh, we won't need any oil. Well, except maybe for lubrication of gears or something. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, probably going to disagree with you a little bit here that space solar power is something that I don't have a lot of faith in um, and uh, the calculations that I've done. I mean, you know, basically, I didn't want to get into that too much here, but uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I'm just saying that, uh, that uh, you know, there are, there are many other reasons why we should... Uh, Continue to foster um, foster talent and intelligence in this country uh, through um, through some formats and and that sort of just you know goes parallel with exploration of space. I totally agree. Thank you for your time, Marshall. You. Merry Merry Christmas. If we don't talk Merry again, Christmas. and uh, Merry Christmas. Yes. have a good safe holiday, and uh, hopefully we'll hear from you on Open Line Sunday. Oh, well, I uh, hope to be around. Uh, my uh, <clears throat> relatives uh, are going to be doing all sorts of tele teleconferencing, so that's going to be a very strange thing. <laughs> well, enjoy, and I'll talk happy, to you soon. Happy, happy Zooming. Happy Zooming. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure about that, but okay. Oh. Bye-bye. 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 Um, AJ, you yeah. got a note from uh, our our character we call Fort Worth. Fort Worth John, which is really John Hunt, uh, about your Fermay uh, um, uh, paradox, paradox yeah. comment. Fermay was at Los Alamos when the conversations occurred that you were talking about. A funny story is that according to FOIA documents, that show security at the facility was very concerned by UFO sightings that were occurring around that time. And, yes. and then he signed it. So uh, oh, Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe that's interesting. I had read somewhere that that was in Chicago that that happened. Uh, when is uh, well, he, people, he says it was I think Los it Alamos. is more likely that Los Alamos because Taylor is involved in in that. And why in the world would a UFO want to be around Chicago? Hell, they'd probably get blown out of the sky, right? (laughs) If they got over South Chicago, that'd be all she wrote. (laughs) Maybe the UFOs would like to be over Chicago. I don't know. know. Maybe they they, maybe they already have. Maybe they have a cleansing laser or something, you know, the sterilizer or something to to clean it out. Since government doesn't want to clean it out and is is willing. To let the murders and but the this killings was 1950, continue. Though, you know, so. Yeah, but uh, it's just progressed worse. Yeah, right. You know, but why is why is any level of government? Why is our country tolerating such violence and wanton killing? I, I do know. not it's know just, that. I do not know that. And no. there is something wrong with humanity to tolerate this 
weekend right. after right. weekend. Uh, how many people there are going to be killed over Christmas and New Year's? I know this has nothing to do with right. space, but actually it does because if we think we're doing things for humanity, and why don't we do things for humanity with our own people and and save lives yes, in a place like Chicago? Also, right? yeah. Absolutely. I mean, this yeah. is this is this is unacceptable that that this continues year after yeah. year after year, and we lose yeah. so many people as a result of it. Yeah, and this is yeah. This goes along the same lines of of honesty and intelligence. You know, honesty in everything. Honesty in intelligence, honesty in doing things, honesty in things being done to you, and, you know, whatever, those kinds of things. So Listener, that is very much important. We we have a, a few minutes as we start to wind down. If you want to get a call in for Dr. Kothari, one eight six 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 eight seven seven two two three. I will post your paper on uh, Shanandrian 2. Shanandrian 2, yes, right. I, I will post that. You, listeners, you'll see that as a PDF on the uh, archive page for tonight's program. Um, and you're going to send me the link to where we can see your art. Oh, yes, I am. So right. please, please don't forget do that. that. Uh, uh, you want me to talk a little bit about the last... Uh, if anybody's calling, then I'll take that. But otherwise... Want me to just mention a few sentences worth in? Well, well yeah, I'm. I'm just. Um, I know for you it's three hours later, so you're pushing midnight now. So I mean, it's 11:40 here. I know. I I, I go to are, sleep at one. Are you gonna Are you gonna just melt and and go away at midnight or? No, no. I, mean, I, I sleep at one. <laughs> one o'clock. And then and you get up what at noon? <laughs> no seven. Eight. <laughs> Something like AJ, that. AJ, uh, they say you need more sleep than that. So yeah, uh, I know, I know. But uh, I mean, I, I go. I have to read a book. Then I go to go upstairs. So from twelve to one, it's reading a book. So okay. Fine. Um, do you want to tell us what you're reading? Um, I'm reading Agatha Christie right now. Anyway. So you you read all sorts of things. Then it's not just yeah. space stuff. So no, no, no. <laughs> Uh, I like used to read a lot about history of uh, old civilizations, which I really am very much fond of. But I, you know, finished reading all that, so I have to start move on to something else. So you read mysteries? I'm reading, uh, uh, yes, uh, Agatha Christie mysteries. But I don't like too much the contemporary uh, writers that much. Okay. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your your PDF paper that I'm going to post up there. Yes. So. Um, uh, what I did was that, uh, you know, from the uh, information that was available on the web, uh, I calculated all of these. They, they did uh, six Hohmann transfers from Earth uh, orbit to orbit around the Earth to all the way to the moon. And the last one, of course, being the highest apogee and, you know, and, of course, uh, 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 highest perigee velocity and highest apogee distance almost to the moon and so they they went slowly it took them what a month and a half or something to reach the moon which uh, probably is is a function of the limitation of uh, their um, uh, the rocket that they used uh, for that so then uh, their lander was called, called Vikram which is based on the name of uh, one of the kings from 5th uh, 6th century AD um, and um, there was a rover inside called Pargyan, which was knowledge. Um, and then um, the, uh, the the ship that put this into orbit, a rocket ship, 
that uh, put this um, orbiter plus the Vikram plus Pragyan in a slightly faster uh, apergee orbit than than they had planned, and so they, that was it was possible for orbiter to have a little bit more of the fuel left when it reached the moon. When it reached the moon, then it did another six maneuvers, and then after that, um, six Hohmann transfers uh, from a large elliptic orbit to a smaller and smaller and some more circular. And then <clears throat> afterwards, when they uh, detached the Vikram and uh, the Pragyan, First, they had four engines on the four corners or four sides of uh, this vehicle. Um, and I think that um, um, I don't remember now exactly how powerful each one of those engines was. I think the total was 3,000 3, uh, newtons. Um, so what they did was uh, they had five engines, four on the sides and one in the center. So they used first these four engines and five engines for what they call rough braking, which means basically just, um, you know, from orbital velocity it went down to something smaller. And rough braking is usually done without throttling, uh, can be done without throttling. Then they, when they tried to do the, then that worked well. When they tried to do what is called fine braking, which is when they were about six, seven kilometers above the surface, uh, things went wrong uh, because there you have to do that by throttling each one of those engines the same amount and the throttle valve if it doesn't open exactly the same amount after such a long um, travel in vacuum etc then you're screwed because then you're going to get uneven force and then you're going to start you know rotating and that's what started happening. And it rotated, and it sort of uh, um, somersaulted partially, and then it just, instead of breaking, it probably, my guess is it actually um, went to a higher speed and crashed on the moon. So what I'm suggesting there is the next time they do Chandrayaan-3 or anything else, don't use four side engines for landing, use only the center engine. If, if it if it doesn't work too well, at least it'll not uh, somersault. It'll just become you know whatever happens happens slowly. All of these Falcon 9, um, Chang'e 5, all of them Chang'e 4, all of them have only one engine in the center for landing, and they should have done the same thing. Hey, AJ, are the are the charts and the pictures yours, or did you uh, get them from India, or, or what? Uh, well, a couple of charts are from... Uh, no, I didn't get them in from India. I just got it from the web. Uh, uh, that's what I meant, from... Yeah. from, in, from but uh, the, the other charts of uh, all the uh, uh, elliptic orbits and, and all mu and all that are mine. Okay. By me. Yeah. Actual, actual values created by... been calculated by me. Okay. Um, well, listeners, you'll find this. It, look for a PDF. It's titled Learning from Chandrayaan 2 for India. That will be the name of the PDF. And so look for that on the archive page for tonight's program. And uh, that will be posted early in the morning before I do the summary of tonight's show. 
Um, what else? Have we left anything out? Have we forgotten to discuss something? Anything you want to continue to bring to our attention? Uh, no, actually, you know, it, so t- it turns out that we discussed everything. All the eight or seven things. <laughs> eight eight <laughs> I, things, yeah. You, you, that I didn't mind. Uh, we discussed the Fermi paradox and also uh, the Drake equation also, which was sort of a lower priority. But um, I'm just glad that, uh, you know, I hope that people will listen and will try to include in their plans something which is cheaper, which is including, you know, instead of doing the SLS, do it the other way. Uh, to get to the moon surface and get to the moon surface as fast as possible, as fast, meaning as quickly as possible, and, um, um, you know, start doing things. I think it could be very exciting. I mean, you can imagine doing all these kinds of things with, uh, you know, 100 people going there every few months and 100 coming back. And Would you go as a tourist to the moon? Oh, in a heartbeat. The... I may not have much of a heartbeat left by the time that happens. But <laughs> Do you think you might do it? I, I, if I have the money, I would do it, yeah. I would absolutely do it. Yeah. Oh, that would be, you know, incredible. The only problem I have with the moon is the dust. And, well, uh, well, you're going you're, you're gonna, to... They're going to have to isolate that from people and, and of yeah. course, keep them yeah. from inhaling it. Inhaling it, right, yeah. And uh, keep it from getting into components that will components limit that, your yeah, usefulness right, yeah. on the moon and getting right. back to Earth. Right, yeah. So that's that's the only thing. But otherwise, uh, that would I think that that really uh, building settlements there, or you could call them colonies, or where people would work together, and maybe different countries would work together and all that. I think that could be very exciting, and it could be a longer term, maybe lasting something like twenty, thirty, forty years, you know, uh, where people could enjoy that, or enjoy watching it, looking at it, and and all that. Uh, it could be quite exciting. Um, okay, so uh, AJ, we appreciate your coming on. If I don't sure. get to talk to you before the end of the year, so um, a Merry Christmas and Happy Merry New Year! Merry Christmas and, and Happy New Year uh, and, to and, you. And stay and stay safe and healthy, and uh, keep us posted on uh, on what you're doing. And uh, I look forward to talking to you in uh, the in the new year. Thank you. Nice talking with you, David. Nice talking. Nice uh, talking with uh, um, with all your listeners. Okay, and. and L- listeners, um, again, there's uh, not sure about Hotel Mars yet tomorrow, but uh, there's definitely no Friday morning program because of Christmas. We are back Sunday with open lines. We have a Tuesday program next week, and then we're off because of New Year's. Uh, and then um, not sure if we're doing a Sunday program right after New Year's, but I know we're doing a Tuesday program. So uh, everybody stay safe, and if you are going to party, party with your brain. And, uh, and stay safe and healthy. And uh, remember, we are still in our fundraising campaign. And if you like these shows and like talking to people like AJ, um, please do support the space show because that's what we're all about. And we're committed to getting back to the moon, among a lot of other things like commercial space and space tourism and our planetary missions there's no one on earth that does planetary missions like the united states and we're we got to keep it up we we've got to keep our program going and we got to keep our commercial program going so um we'd love to have your support and you know if you have any questions email me dr space at the space com. so listeners i want to i just want to say i just want to say that i i uh i hope 
please, please, everyone, please remain excited about space, about space exploration, about developments. It's something that we have to do as humanity and as life form or not. So, please, uh, uh, continue. Continue uh, to remain excited. Absolutely. And <laughs> we say to say good night and thank you from AJ and uh, myself in the space show and our callers and those who sent in emails. So, Everyone, uh, have a great Christmas week and a very Merry Christmas to all of you. And come talk to us on open lines. We are really wanting to hear from you after the holidays. And you can make predictions for 2021. You want to give us your predictions for 2021? Call us on Sunday and let us know your predictions. Again, good night from A.J. David and the Space Show. And if you didn't see, one more thing, the Mars... And Pepper, and Pepper also. And Pepper, but if you didn't see the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction last night, you can still see it for a couple more days, maybe a week or two before it drops down. And, it, and it's still very, very close together. You probably can't tell the difference with your eyes. So it's southwest around 5.30, 6 o'clock in the evening, about 30 to 33 degrees, 34 degrees off the horizon. Don't miss this opportunity. You're not going to be alive when it happens again. It's about once every 800 years where it's actually visible to people here on Earth. So take advantage of it while you are looking up. Good night from the Space Show and AJ and David.